0: But the important thing is that you find something that is extraordinary within yourself or that you wanna do that's extraordinary and that there, there is no time limit or time frame as to when you can do those things. You can do them at any age, whatever you choose to do. Set your mind to make your life exciting and vibrant and fulfilling and like a renegade. Like what would it look like if you called yourself
1: a renegade? Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Hello, my friend. Hey, before we get started, I want you to know that this podcast episode is made possible by Midlife Cues, which is a weekly newsletter by Lou Blazer about intentional living and personal growth in midlife. It's Sunday as I sit down to record this. I love Sunday mornings because I can start my day a little more slowly than I can every other day of the week. This morning, after meditating and doing yoga, I had my breakfast and my coffee, and I eagerly opened the latest installment of Midlife Cues, which is always waiting for me in my inbox on Sunday mornings. And it's filled with ideas that spark my sense of possibility. You can make this part of your Sunday morning ritual, too. All you need to do is go to midlifecues.com to subscribe and I'm so excited to introduce you to this week's guests that's right I have more than one guest for you again this week double the fun Lisa Kiebzak and Adrian Kramer are renegades they are women who love a challenge in fact one of their favorite things to do is to come up with outrageous challenges for themselves and then do them just for fun. Most of them are physical challenges to help them stay fit. I'm not going to tell you too much more because we'll be talking about it a little bit later. Also, they are partners with a shared mission to educate and inspire as many women as possible about menopause and perimenopause. They each had their own journeys that they want to help make the road easier for other women. So Lisa is a licensed massage therapist, a certified personal trainer, and has a master's degree in social work. And Adrian is a physical therapist and certified menopause specialist. What you really need to know about these two is that they make it fun. Even the name of their program is fun. It's called Age Like a Renegade. I mean, how could I not have them on the podcast? They are speaking my language. Okay. Without further ado, here's Adrian Kramer and Lisa Kiebsak. Let's go. Lisa and Adrian, thank you so much for being with me today.
2: Thank Thanks. you for having us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm just going to tell everybody right now, and this might get edited out, but I'm we're doing a take two here, so. <laughs> We're rolling back into it. And I really wanted to make sure to thank Nina Hart for introducing me to you guys. She was on my podcast some time back. The minute I met her, I was like, we need to be friends for life. And when she sent me an email saying, you need to talk to Lisa and Adrian, I was like, sign me up. Let, let me see who these who these fine ladies are. Yes. So I'm so glad you're here today.
0: Uh, we're happy to be here. Yeah.
1: So what I want to talk to you guys about well, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but um, <laughs> is some of the, as you put it, crazy things that you do, I, um, I, I would call you ultra athletes. I know you have, you know, you're like, no, no, not me, but you do take on some crazy, from my point of view, some crazy, challenging physical feats.
2: We do. About- and we yeah. should probably embrace that ultra athlete title that you yes. gave us. Cause yeah, you're right. We do things that are athletic and they're long. So ultra athletes, we are.
1: Yeah. Adrian are you the, are you kind of the one who pulled Lisa into your web of ultra athlete uh, activity?
2: Uh, that's a great question. Yes and no. I, yes, I was a more organized athlete, I'll call it. So I was more training regularly, doing things regularly. And I pulled Lisa into that. But when it comes down to making up a challenge, she makes up ridiculous things that I make doable.
0: <laughs> so I where we it. land
2: is my alteration of where she started.
1: I love it. It's like a real partnership, and you guys are married, right? Um in my yes. notes here, I have down here that you guys got married and well, you got together in two thousand eleven, so you've been together for. Oh good me and goodness me and maths so eleven years and you got married in two thousand fourteen congratulations
2: that's,
1: yeah, that's correct Thank yeah you. so you know they, they say the family that plays together stays together and you guys have figured out this amazing way to play together one of the things that is so interesting to me and I think will relate to anybody who's listening is how. Perimenopause and menopause plays into the challenges that you guys are giving yourself; those physical challenges and what you're doing around those. Who who wants to take that, Lisa or, or Adrian? Who who wants to address that kind Lisa, of vague yeah. question? Okay.
2: Yeah. So it all started with a book by Dr. Stacy Sims called "Women Are Not Small Men." She was one of the first people to really study women and see what was different in exercise between women and men, because most exercise studies have been done on college-age men.
1: Mm. Women are
2: largely lacking in studies on anything, but especially exercise. So um, read the book, took a class with her, and she had a small part in it about menopause. And at the time, Lisa was menopausal and I was perimenopausal. And luckily for me, I was on the front end of it all. So I kind of went through it with knowledge. And we then took a class called Menopause for Athletes. Really athletes were starting to drive the need for information because the Title IX athletes are who's going through menopause right now or has gone through menopause recently and so they wanted more information about how to continue to perform well.
1: And you're, you're a physical therapist, right? So this kind of yeah. ties into your interest in, in this whole thing, right? That's
0: right. Yep. And, and we recognized a need for all women to have this information, not just uh, professional, semi-professional female athletes, but every woman, because I, went through menopause 10 years ago and I didn't know anything. All I knew was that menopause was you don't have your period anymore. I had no idea there was such a thing as perimenopause, just uh, clueless. And I think a lot of women really are have a lack of information regarding their bodies during this time.
1: Yeah. and it And it just wasn't even talked about. Nobody wanted to talk yeah. about this in polite conversation, right?
0: Yeah. Or even and, behind
2: closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Like sure, so sure, so sure. mothers didn't like share the information with daughters even, right? We're all just like op- fumbling around in the dark going, I "Am crazy? Am I crazy? What is wrong with me?" I read yeah. um or I I follow a lot of people um who focus on menopause and the symptoms and all that, and I read a startling thing i think it was in instagram so i don't know the the veracity of it because i haven't gone deeper but um something like that there could be 80 80 symptoms of menopause is that right
0: i just just, i just saw that same statistics yeah
1: that's staggering Uh
0: yeah and a lot of them
2: don't get recognized for being a part of menopause A lot of them get, you know, it's in your head or like anxiety, for example. Mm -hmm. There is a physiologic change with anxiety that can happen in perimenopause. So people think they're crazy because now all of a sudden they're anxious about things that never made them anxious Mm. and life is good. So it's not that, but it is actually a part of perimenopause for some people.
1: And that can make you feel like you're going crazy, especially exactly. if it's something that you weren't anxious about before and yeah. nothing's changed, you know, in, in your circumstances of your life. And then all of a sudden you're feeling the same anxiety. It's like, what what's, what's wrong with me?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: so crazy. I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> just so <laughs> crazy. Um, speaking personally from my own experience, I'm in perimenopause officially still, uh, keep thinking I'm, I'm, Oh, okay. I'm almost closed. What is it? You got to be 12 months without a period to be in menopause. Right. Is that right? Menopause so,
2: only that moment when you're 12 months without a period. Yeah. So you're not in men, you're in post-menopause after that moment.
1: So the menopause, Oh, it's just that it's one just moment. That.
2: Nope. And so Lisa made me a cake. Cause mine was like three weeks ago. <laughs> my
1: moment.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> I made her a menopause celebration cake.
1: <laughs> so crazy. So, so I have a question for you. Yeah. It might be too personal, but um, have your hot flashes stopped?
2: They don't tend to stop for a couple of years. And there's a small percentage of women who, who continue to have them, but definitely they're much better than they were the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: I think that they're tapering off.
1: Yeah. Interesting. And from, from what I've read and heard the, you know, the hot flash, which is one of the most widely recognized symptoms, of course, is different for everybody in its severity and also in how long that can stretch out for people. So for some people, I've heard it go in like 10 years, which just makes me cringe. But
2: that's not everybody.
1: But that's not everybody. No. And there
2: are things you can do about it. If it's life disrupting, then it's a good idea to do something about it because there's some long-term potential side effects if you're somebody that has uh, devastating hot flashes. So it can be signs of other things to come if you don't deal with them.
1: I have definitely noticed a tie-in to when I have a stressful thought, it's not going to be far behind that I have a hot flash that kicks in. And it's,
2: cognitive behavioral therapy is something that actually can help hot flashes.
1: Ooh, tell me more about this.
2: <laughs> so counseling and mindfulness and just the opposite of what you just said. So if you have a stressful thought and it causes a hot flash, if you have a calming thought, you might be able to head it off.
1: Yeah. Well, I have found that meditation helps. Yeah. For sure. It's it's incredible. In fact, I got a, on, a, on an unrelated thing, or maybe it is related. Woke up with a headache this morning did a 30 minute meditation. And for the time of my meditation, the headache went away and then it kind of creeped back in a little bit later into the morning, you know, but so Uh amazing what that mind body connection can do for you, which leads me back to your crazy challenges. (laughs) So Lisa, I'm going to throw this one to you. You are a licensed massage therapist, right? And, And you're a personal trainer.
0: And I have a master's in social work
1: also. So you guys just amaze me. So what what tied you in? What was your personal experience that tied you in to the work that you guys are doing? And maybe we should mention that, which we haven't yet. Tell me the, the name of your program is Age Like a Renegade, right? Yeah. I love uh-huh. that name. Love <laughs> that name. Yes. Uh anytime I hear the word renegade, I'm like, I'm in. Sign me up.
0: Don't We all want to be renegades, especially like the older we get. I want to age like a renegade. I don't want to do it the typical normal way. No.
1: No way. So you guys have teamed up and you've started Age Like a Renegade. Um, But And Lisa, I'll throw it back to you. Tell me a little bit about what got you guys started on that journey.
0: So sort of how it started. We belonged to a gym and we were doing this class that was very... um, Young. Very young. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the people in the class were about half our age or younger. And they would they would see how we were working out and keeping up with them. And then they would hear about some of the crazy things we were doing. And a lot of them would say, you know, I want to be like you when I get older. Um, and where can where can we follow you to keep track of what you're doing? Because it was inspiring for them to see. You know what they can become as they get older so Adrian and I sat down and said well maybe we should sort of make this official in some way <laughs> so we came up we sat in a coffee shop and we came up with the name age like a renegade because that's what we were feeling like we were doing and then it slowly sort of sort of started to take shape with um, Dr. Stacy Sims information and stuff and we started to get really passionate about wow this is so much more than just adrian and i doing crazy things because everybody doesn't do that type of stuff you know like not every woman our age is going to go out and do a spartan race and they don't have to but the important thing is that you find something that is extraordinary within yourself or that you want to do that's extraordinary and that they're there is no time limit or time frame as to when you can do those things you can do them at any age whatever you choose to do set your mind to make your life exciting and vibrant and fulfilling and like a renegade, like what would it look like if you called yourself a renegade?
1: I'm getting the chills. You are (laughs) speaking my language. Yes, um, absolutely, man. I I like to say that putting yourself in the position of being a beginner at something is the key to the fountain of youth as far as I'm concerned. Not that it's going to make you look younger. Um, I think it's going to make you feel younger. I think that when you put yourself into a situation where it's like you're doing something, anything that excites you and you're having to learn something new, it's going to get those butterflies going in your stomach. It's going to give you energy. I mean, that's Uh where you guys sound like you're coming from as well.
2: Absolutely. And we wanted we went, it went from being about us to being about every woman. We want to empower women to feed their own souls. And, you know, what, what makes you excited to wake up every day? What haven't you done that's been knocking on the door in the back of your head that you keep pushing back?
1: Yeah. What a difference to, could it be for everybody to wake up excited every day yeah. instead of waking up and being like, wrong, <laughs> and mm-hmm.
0: there's no age limit. So this, is pertains to a woman in their 60s, in their 70s, in their 80s, in their their 90s, in their 30s, whatever, whatever age. I hear some women think, oh, I'm too young. And then I hear uh, the opposite side. Oh, I'm too old. It's too late for me. My
1: personal experience. I think I kept myself from doing things when I was younger because I was, because I told myself I was too young to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden I felt too old to do things. It was like, there was no in-between. <laughs> you know, like, what the heck happened? Where, Where did a moment spot called? go? <laughs> <laughs> and I love that it, I love the inspiration of this coming from younger people, looking at what you were doing and seeing possibility for themselves in that. And I think that is what really excites me Beyond opening up possibilities for people our age is the idea of shaking up the entire idea about what aging means for the generations that are coming up behind us, because ageism is just, it's a story we've all been told, we feed into it, we feed each other, we keep using language about ourselves, about others that is is ageist, whether we're talking about people being too young or too old. Mm-hmm. And if we could just, you know, let go of what it means to be this age or that age and just talk about what do you want for your life instead? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know? yeah. And so
2: the classes we put together cover... Um, What happens as our hormones are changing? What happens to our bodies? What happens after they've changed? What we can do to maintain our bone health, our muscle mass? And we go through nutrition. We go through sleep. All the things that change with the change of hormones. So it doesn't matter where you are in the process, before the process, in the middle of it or after it. And then Lisa's component of it really is dealing with the mindset of it, looking at things that we have it twice as bad with diet culture and ageism as
1: women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So looking at all those things that disempower women as they age and try to empower them.
1: Absolutely. So I, I, for a quick second, when we keep talking about these crazy things that you're doing, but we haven't really talked about that. No, <laughs> so, so, um, Lisa, first thing that comes to mind, what's one of the favorite crazy things that you guys have done to challenge yourselves?
0: I think for me, 24 hours holding a 20-pound kettlebell was one of my favorites. Mine too. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah.
1: So tell me what that looked like. What was that like?
0: That looked like you don't put that kettlebell down. <laughs>
1: So um, and it's, it's making me think of the challenge with the people with the hands on the truck and they win the truck at the end or like those dance marathons, right? Yeah. So this is like a kettlebell marathon for yourself. Yeah.
0: The- <laughs> <laughs> we had to get creative with some things. So we still did a workout in our gym and we were doing at the same time that this was taking place we were we were doing a, a rowing challenge. We have a rower. And so we were like, oh my gosh, how are we going to row with, with a 20 pound kettlebell? So we put it in a backpack on our back while we were, while we were rowing. And then we also did a four mile hike with the kettlebell and that was challenging. <laughs> we
2: didn't oh, wow. put it in a backpack because no. it was too heavy on the yeah, back. It was
0: too heavy. So we, we carried it.
1: And lumpy bumpy bumping on your spine and stuff like yeah. that, I imagine yeah. too. Yeah, oh, wow.
0: We, we carried that thing. And I think the first, the first like 10 or 20 feet, I just looked at her and I said, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. And then it got easier. It was so weird. Yeah. It's almost like it got a little bit lighter the more we walked. That challenge oh,
2: was odd in that way. Is It was the only one we've ever done that got easier as we went, if yeah. we got more comfortable with it. And the oddest thing, I think, was when we finally did put it down 24 hours later, I felt ungrounded, like I was going to float off the floor.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think I feel that's the feeling that I used to have. I used to roller skate a lot when I was um, younger. And when I would get off the skates, I would feel odd walking yeah. around like a you know yeah. without my skates on it was a kind of like that yeah feeling?
2: Uh, yeah and I, I don't even know how we would reproduce it without doing the same thing because yeah. it was we were 20 pounds heavier and then instantly we weren't
1: that is fascinating oh my goodness and now you've done Adrian you've done an open water butterfly challenge yeah explain this I, one to me again I, I,
2: so I signed up for a 10 K swim in a river this summer, this past summer, and I like to do all my open water swims butterfly. I find it very meditative in an odd way because you just, you, the rhythm stays the same. I don't have to break my stroke to see where I'm going and I just cruise. So wow. yeah, I did, I did a 10 K this summer in a river.
1: That's phenomenal. And I've done, I've never applied- been able to do a butterfly stroke. Period. I, I've never had the shoulder um, strength or whatever. That's- I
2: It's an efficiency I developed. So I think that a lot of people could, but it takes a lot of patience because as I'm training, it's super slow until I get stronger as the summer goes on, but it's a lot slower than my freestyle is. So I have to be patient with how long it takes me to get from A to B. <laughs>
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's not as efficient a stroke as a freestyle would be. No. So your actual pace is slower, but you just enjoy it more. And so that's exactly. why you're doing it.
0: Exactly. I and love that. In open water, she can see where she's going. So she doesn't have to, if you're doing any other stroke, you kind of have to um, not really break your stroke, but you, you have to sight to see w- where you're headed. Otherwise you'll swim diagonals. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my goodness. So are you cooking up anything new that you're going to do?
2: Not, nothing unique, but for Lisa's 60th birthday, yeah. She's coming right up, right? It was a three-year plan. It started, she's, she made a three-year plan, which is coming to fruition on her, after her 60th. Yeah.
0: So at 58, I wanted to do a six-hour trail race, 59, I wanted to do a 12-hour trail race, you know, within that year somewhere. And then 60, I wanted to do a 24-hour trail race. And this one just happens to be a couple days after my birthday. So it's perfect.
1: (laughs) Holy cannoli, 24 hour trail race. So, so you do,
0: you do, it's, it's a loop race. So this is about a three and a half mile. It's a one and a half. Oh, that's a one and a half. Yeah. Oh, it's a one and (laughs) a half mile loop.
2: (laughs) The other ones we've done have been more like three miles. This one's only one and a half (laughs) mile.
0: So it's a one and a half mile loop. And you do as you go for as long, as many loops as you can within that. 24 hours
1: so do you start to feel loopy (laughs) yeah i would be like have i i've been here before oh yeah yeah (laughs) you
0: you know when we do these things we met we meet so many absolutely amazing people and the ages it's all ages uh there was a woman last year when we did the 12 hour who was doing a 24 hour and she was in her 70s um, and she did a wow. 24 hour. And she just walks the whole thing. She walked but the she entire thing, but she did. Like a yeah. machine. She was.
1: <laughs> wow. So,
0: you know, we do these things because they show us, you know, you, you spend a lot of time in your head in a way um, and you face your fears, you face your limitations and you go beyond where you think you could go quite often we think we don't have anything left and yet we have more than we think and and we can keep going. And to keep going, even when everything isn't perfect, it's pouring rain, you're still going. You know, you have some aches and pains, you're still going. Not injuries. Not injuries, no. Mm -hmm. But how often in life are we faced with something that's like, uncomfortable or doesn't go our way and we get frustrated we give up we quit we don't do it and this just shows us what's possible that we our mind is what holds us back from anything really so yeah. I, love, I love doing these challenges because I feel super alive when I'm doing
1: them and does that confidence, that it's almost like building a confidence muscle, right? And does that, do you find that that spills over into other parts of your life to help yeah, you keep going through those other hardships? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I think our brains get on alert when something's hard. And so we might be halfway through something and it feels hard. And our brains wanna say, if it feels this bad now, how bad is it going to feel? But it doesn't, it stays the same for a very long time. I think we're expecting it to get worse and that's what stops us. And then it doesn't get worse.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Incredible.
0: we We live in a culture that avoids pain and avoids discomfort. So to put ourselves into uncomfortable situations, I think is a real opportunity for growth.
1: Yes, yes. And like you said, it doesn't have to be physical. It can be... Right. Otherwise, yeah. it, it is that part of being a beginner of of getting in and pushing yourself through that comfort zone to do something and possibly look silly, <laughs> you know? <Yes. laughs> to do yeah. to do public sp- for me in the past uh year, it was to overcome my fear of public speaking, actually. Even though um, I have a theater background, um and I've been on stage a number of times to, to speak from my heart, uh, was always a whole different ball of wax, uh, if you will. And I had to, so, but learning how to do that, like coming up with what I wanted to say, I went through a class, a great program and ended up with this talk at the end that helped me just break through it. I can't, that opened up the floodgates for me and has allowed me to do so much more. It's getting,
2: getting comfortable with being uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, and yeah. not
0: letting that uncomfortable have you quit. Right.
1: Yeah. Amazing.
0: And it doesn't have to be like the crazy things we do. It could be something like, like you said, you know, confronting your your fear of public speaking. It could be if it's something physical, it could be somebody that says, you know what? I'm gonna walk around the block once a day for 365 days. Like every single day, I'm gonna walk around the block once and see if I can commit to that rain or shine for 365 days. Yeah.
1: you're reminding me, I did a photo project that um, actually might've been the beginning of a bunch of change for me. And it was a random 365 day photo project that I challenged myself to with my iPhone. I'm I'm a professional photographer, That's that's what I do. But I challenged myself with my little, it was my iPhone six at the time. And I thought, what could I do with this thing that's in my pocket every day can I take an interesting photo every day? And then I had to post it to social media to keep myself honest. Mm-hmm. And um, just going through that process every day was mind blowing. Um, there were days that I would, it'd be 10 o'clock at night and I'd realize yes. I hadn't done my photo. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm going and and it has to be an interesting photo, not a crappy photo. <laughs> not not that every photo was a, you know, award winner, but I had to do something that was not just snap a picture of what was ever in front of me. So, um, so I would grab like my kids. Toys like a dinosaur, and then I'd grab a flashlight and I would light the dinosaur with the flashlight with a black background behind you know what I mean. And all of a sudden, I was having to get creative at 10 o'clock at night with whatever was lying around my house, you know. Um, and after doing it for a year, I was like, Oh, I want to keep going, so I did it for a second year, and with that wow. year ended up not, not just using my phone, but using my real camera too, and kind of alternating them and, and, you know, playing around with both of them. And it was, it was such a growth experience for me. And I, yeah, I think it, it might have been part of what kind of flipped the switch for me, um, with maybe like some depression issues that I was having in my forties and different things like that. And helped me to that commitment. It built, like a, a confidence muscle of, I can do this thing that I said I was going to do every day.
2: Yeah, you know? yeah. And those long ones, the hard part, you're right. The hard part is just doing it. So our rowing challenge was not a big deal. It was a thousand meters. It took like, how many minutes was that? 10, five, five minutes. But we were
0: going for a hundred thousand.
2: Yes. For a hundred days, we did a thousand meters of rowing every day. And like wow. you said, there were times where we were in our pajamas, ready for bed, and we realized we didn't, we didn't row, <laughs> so we had to <laughs> so go, we had to go out outside get to our gym. gym.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, it
2: wasn't a, a big physical effort. It was more of a mental effort to keep <laughs> doing it every day.
1: Yeah, and it does spill over into the rest of your life. I mean, when you set yourself to to these small challenges, I just want everybody to hear that 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 it's not the size of the challenge it's the consistency right yes absolutely yeah yeah oh my goodness you guys i i am so excited to have had the chance to sit down and talk with you tell us a little bit like is um a little bit more about your program and how people can find you and get to know you a little bit more
0: go ahead Lisa. who wants to feel that so they can follow us on social media uh we're on facebook age like a Ren- everything's age like a renegade so really easy on instagram it's age underscore like underscore just put an underscore in between each of the words and our website age like a renegade.com you can email us age like a renegade at gmail.com so um yeah that's, that's how you can get in touch with us. And we do have a menopause 101 class that we just launched. And Adrian can tell you a little bit more about that.
2: We were just teaching it live on Zoom, and it, that's so hard to do. We were breaking it up into five different sessions, and people couldn't always make all the sessions. So we hired a videographer, and we put it on a, with Lisa's sweat and tears, put it on a, <laughs> a, a education platform so now people can purchase the class.
1: That's so exciting. Yeah. I will put those in the show notes for anybody who's listening, and then they can check you out. So. Great. Thank you. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I just so enjoyed talking to both of you. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for Thank having Thank you. This is yeah. <laughs> fun. Yeah.
1: Well, there you have it. I don't know about you, but Adrian and Lisa are inspiring me to take on a challenge. It's one I've been thinking about for a while. So I'm just going to make a public commitment right here and now. I want to learn how to do a handstand. I've, I've been doing yoga for such a long time and I've always wanted to do it, but I haven't worked on it because it scares me. I've been playing with building my upper body strength and learning the technique, but right here, right now, I am committing to working on it every other day So I've got a little rest time. I'm gonna do it every other day until I can do a free standing handstand away from the wall. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. And why do I wanna do this? I don't know. Other than because it scares me and I still wanna do it. So there you have it. That's my crazy challenge to myself starting now. I have no idea how long it will take, but I will try to keep you posted about my progress. If you enjoyed this conversation today, I really recommend that you follow Lisa and Adrian on Instagram and check out their Menopause 101 class. I'll have links in the show notes to all the things. You can just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and look for episode 128. And hey, real quick before you go, did you have a key takeaway or an aha moment from today's episode? Be sure to share it on social or leave a review in the Apple Podcast app. I tell you, reviews really help other people find this podcast, and I'd really appreciate your feedback. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.